you have your Bibles, turn to Judges, that's in the Old Testament, Judges, chapter, chapter 7, and we're going to continue in our series on the heroes of the faith, and we're going to look today at what would Gideon tell us? What would Gideon tell us about obstacles in our lives? What would Gideon tell us about facing impossible situations? How many has ever been in an impossible situation? Difficult. No way possible to work through this. And what would, what would Gideon tell us? Now, you'll look in your notes and you'll see that this is all taken. I'm going verse by verse, hero by hero. And, and, and you'll see in Hebrews chapter 11, this is where I get it from. In, in verse 32, it says, what shall I say? I do not have time to tell you about Gideon. So he doesn't have time, but we're going to take time. To, uh, to talk about Gideon and Barak and Samson and David and Samuel. So we're going verse by verse, and we find ourselves today in, uh, on the, the character of Gideon. Our character trait is boldness. And boldness is defined as lack of hesitation or fear in the face of risk or danger. So we're going to look at how Gideon was bold. And we're going to see what God has to say for us today. Uh, go to Judges chapter 7. And before we go to, to 7, I want you to go to chapter 6 just for a moment. And this is not in your notes. This is going to be, this is going to be free. But as I was looking at this, and, and uh, you know, we send our notes in on Wednesday, and then but that doesn't mean I stop studying, so... Uh, Wednesday comes along, and just because there's a deadline, I still am looking and asking God. And so I was reading, and, and uh, I found some things in chapter 6 that I think are really interesting. I think are going to help us today on, on uh, being the people that God wants us to be and living in the legacy of Gideon. So in, in chapter 6, I want you to look at verse, um, verse 12. Now, God shows up to Gideon, and by the way, Gideon's name means to cut down or to strike down. Now, that, that is very, very interesting. There's going to come a time in your life where, like Gideon, you are going to have to face impossible situations. And when you do, God is want you to follow in the footsteps of Gideon, and he wants you to, watch this, to strike down or to cut down the obstacles that are in front of you. In Gideon's case, it was the Midianites. The children of Israel were in bondage. The Bible says they had disobeyed the Lord and they were in captivity. And the Midianites were controlling them, and they were in bad shape, the children of Israel. They were in prison. They were being dominated. They were being overwhelmed, and they were, the Bible says, surrounded by this enemy called the Midianites. Now, I, I looked up, as you can imagine, what a, what a Midianite, I mean, that's a kind of a funny name, and, and we don't hear that often, but what does Midianite mean? And in the original language, that word there means to bring strife, conflict, 
opposition. So here's Gideon, and he's, the Bible says he's surrounded by the Midianites. He's surrounded by strife. He's surrounded by conflict. He's surrounded by opposition. And by the very nature of his name, his job is to cut down the opposition that's in front of him. You got to face it. You got to fight it. And when God named Gideon, he knew that he would come to this point where he would be surrounded by the Midianites and that he would have to cut down all the opposition that he was faced with. The Bible says he was surrounded. Have you ever been surrounded by a situation where you look to the east and they're there? You look north and they're there. You look west and they're there. You look south and they're there. You wake up and they're there. You go to bed and they're there. You go to work and guess what? They're there. That's what it feels like to be surrounded by strife, conflict, opposition. It can be overwhelming. It can be daunting. And so this is what Gideon was faced with and the children of Israel. And there was only one way through this, and that's to cut them down, to face them, to fight, and to cut down the opposition that was in front of them. Now, in chapter 6, I love this one, uh, in chapter 6, verse, thir- uh, verse 12, it says this, And the angel of the Lord came to Gideon and said to him, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Now, I like that. Now, this is not in your notes, but this is what I want you to, I, I want you to write down. What is most important to you when you are faced with opposition is what God says about you. What did God say to Gideon? Watch this. He hadn't even battled yet. He hadn't even fought yet. He hadn't even picked up his shield and picked up his weapons, yet God looked at Gideon and said to Gideon, Gideon, I want you to know I am with you, and by the way, you are a mighty warrior. Oh, I love that. God has a way of calling us and speaking to us and telling us who we are before we even need the gift that he speaks over us. God said to Gideon, you are a mighty warrior. And when you are faced with opposition... When you are faced with strife, when you are faced with conflict, you have got to know what God says about you and your situation. And he calls you a mighty warrior before you even fight. See, there are three voices in your life. There are three voices in my life. There's the voices that I speak over myself. There are voices that other people speak over us. There are voices from the enemy, and then there is the voice of God. And if you are going to be victorious, 
in the strife and the opposition and the things that are in front of you and surrounding you, you have got to be reminded, what does God say about me? Are y'all with me this morning? How many know that people can say some pretty cruel things about us? But guess what? I think we say the cruelest things about ourselves. I know the enemy speaks terrible words over us, right? I mean, the Bible says that he is a liar. The Bible says that he is the accuser of the brethren. And day and night, he's accusing you and I and condemning you and I with words. But you know what? I think sometimes the words that we say about ourselves can be just as damaging. And when you are faced with opposition, you and I didn't need to be reminded, what does God say about me? Who am I really? Am I a mighty warrior? God, I know you're saying that over me, that I'm a mighty warrior. But do I believe, watch this, that I'm a mighty warrior? And when you are faced with conflict and strife and opposition, the most important thing that you can get a hold of is, what does God say about me? Can I get an amen? Now, I looked up, and, and I don't have these. I can get them to you if you would like. But I looked up just a couple things, and I call these the, 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 the I am. I am. And by the way, isn't that interesting that God says I am that I am? And he says it over you, and this is what we need to hear about ourselves. This is what God says about us before we even go into battle. What does God say about us? And here's a couple of them. Number one, I am a child of God. John 1.12. I love that. I am a friend of God. I like that. John 15, verse 15. I have been justified and redeemed. Romans chapter 3, 24. I am no longer a slave to sin. Romans 6, verse 6. I am not condemned by God. Romans 8, verse 1. I love this. I've been set free from the law of sin and death. Romans 8, verse 2. Who are you? Are you a mighty warrior? You are what God says about you. How many can... How many are receiving this? Let me hear a big amen. amen. I am a fellow heir with Christ. Romans chapter 8, verse 17. I have been accepted by God. Romans 15, verse 7. I am a saint. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 12. I am wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 30. I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. God dwells in me, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. I am joined to the Lord, and I am one with him in spirit, 1 Corinthians 6, verse 17. I love this one. I am triumphant. Can I get an amen? 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. I am a new creature in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. I am the righteousness of God in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, 21. I am one with Christ. Galatians chapter 3, verse 28. I love this one. I am no longer a slave, but a child and an heir. Galatians chapter 4, verse 17. I, am, I have been set free in Christ. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. 
I am blessed with every spiritual blessing. I think you get the picture today. What is God saying about you? What does God say to you? And I declare to you just like Gideon, God speaks over you even when you don't feel like you're a mighty warrior. God speaks destiny and purpose over you. And like he said to Gideon, you are a mighty warrior. You are everything that Christ says about you. Believe what Christ says about you. And silence the voice of the enemy and silence the voice of yourself. There's people here today, you say, I'm a failure. You, you speak words, and, and the more you speak them and believe them, you will carry those out, and you will see those fulfilled in your life. You've got to, like Gideon, receive what God says about you. Can I get an amen? The second thing I want you to see in, in, in Judges chapter, chapter 6, look what he says. Verse 13. So God says, I'm with you. Gideon, you're a mighty warrior. And look what he says. But sir, or, or but, but angel, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why is all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our fathers told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and put us into the hands of the Midianites. I like what he says there, and I relate to this. Gideon says to the angel, if God is with us, then why is this happening to us? How many of ever asked ask the question, God, why am I going through this? God, why have you allowed this? And, and this is what I want you to write this down in your notes if you're taking notes here today. What is happening to you, listen, what is happening to you is not as important as what is happening in you. Mm. What is happening to you is not as important at, as, at, at what is happening in you. See, we spend a lot of time, all of us, asking God why. Why me? Why her? Why now? What did I do to deserve this? And I think the important principle that God is teaching us here today is that God is more important and focusing on what is in us and not what is happening to us. And even Gideon said that. He said, God, you said that you're with me, but why is this happening to me? I believe what God wants to get us to realize today is that what is important is what is happening in you. When you are surrounded by the Midianites, when you are surrounded by strife, when you are surrounded by opposition and conflict, the most important thing is what is happening in you. Could it be that this pressure that is surrounding you, the Midianites, is revealing what's in you. And when bad things happen to good people, what comes out of you is the real issue. It could be anger. It could be fear. It could be doubt. It could be selfishness. 
These are all the things that are in us that when we are pressed, they come out of us. And the issue is really not what is happening to you. The issue is what is happening in you. Are you trusting God? Are you believing in his promises? When you are pressured, what is in you is the most important thing. And as Gideon was faced with this pressure, we're going to see that he had a little doubt. He had a little insecurity. Watch this. But he also had boldness. And when he got the word of the Lord for him, he was suddenly filled with boldness and he was able to lead the children of Israel in victory because he did not allow the strife and the conflict that was around him to impact him and he lived by faith. Can I get an amen? Now let's look at what happens here real quick now. Let's go to, let's jump to, to, uh, to chapter 7 and let's look at what happens here. Watch this. I'm going to give you the Cliff Notes version. Watch this. His assistants come to him and they say, we are surrounded on every side. What in the world are we going to do? How are we going to respond? Everywhere we look, they're pressuring us and they're around us. How are we going to respond? And here's a couple points that I want you to look at as Gideon was faced with this pressure. And here it is. Number one, when you are at your worst, God is at his best. He was in a bad shape. He was in a tough spot. And when you and I are at our worst, God is at his best. Aren't you grateful for that today? How many of you really do believe that, that when we are at our worst, God is at his best? And that's the principle that Gideon would say to us today. Gideon would say to Pine Castle United Methodist Church, when you feel like you're surrounded and you, are, you have conflict and strife and opposition, when you're at your weakest... I'm at my strongest. Put your trust in me and hope in me. Well, here's the story. Gideon had 32,000 men. And God shows up to him and says, Gideon, you have too many men. I want you to fire 10,000 of them. And Gideon says, okay, God, I don't understand it. I don't really like it, but I'll get rid of 10,000. And Gideon fires 10,000 people. So what is he down to now? He's down to 22,000. God shows up the next day and says, you know what, I really appreciate the layoffs, but there's still too many people. There's still too many in the army that, 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 that you will have confidence in your own ability and not mine, so I want you to lay off the rest of them, and I want you to keep only 300 people. Now think about this for a moment. He went from 32,000 to 22,000, to 300. Now, let's just pause for a second. If this was your stock portfolio, <laughs> if this was your bank account, are y'all with me now? It's amazing. I talk about money and y'all just wake up. <laughs> if this was your retirement account, and you woke up and you pulled up your computer and you saw your stock dive from 32,000 to 22,000 to 300. I'm not sure that you'd be saying amen. Are you right? You would be 
totally freaked out, panicked, filled with doubt, filled with insecurity. Oh, God, what in the world? What are we going to do? Well, Gideon is no different than you and I in our stock portfolio. He went from having 32,000 men to 22,000 men to 300 men. And God said to him, I want you, Gideon, not to trust in your own ability, not to trust in your own intellect, not to trust in your education, not to trust in your experience. Your trust is in me, and I can do it with 300 people if you'll trust me. And so now Gideon had to make the decision. Am I going to obey God? Am I going to do what God tells me to do? Or am, I going to, or am I going to trust in my own ability? And thank God that Gideon would say to us today, Pine Castle, don't put your trust in your own skill, in your own experience, in your own ability. You may go down from 32,000 to 300, but God with 300 can do more than you and I could do with 32,000 without God. That sounds crazy, doesn't it? It sounds insane. But God has a way of saying to us today, put your trust in me. I see the Midianites. I see the strife. I want you to trust me, and I can do it with 300 men if you'll trust me. Here's another point that I want you to look at in your notes. How many are still with me? Let me hear an amen. And here's point number three. When you think it's a crazy idea, you are likely to be on the right track. And God has a crazy idea. God says, not only am I going to cut your men down from 32,000 to 300, but Gideon, I want you to go to battle, and this is what I want you to go to battle with. Number one, I want you to go to battle with a trumpet. And there's my torch that I just broke. Oh, boy. Michelle, it fell off. I apologize. Here's the torch that's most likely not going to work. Here it is right here. These are, the, these are the weapons that God gave Gideon. Number one, I'm going to give you a trumpet. Number two, I'm going to give you a torch. And then number three, I'm going to give you a pitcher. Now, I'm not a rocket scientist. But if I was going to battle with only 300 men, the last things that I would pick as weapons would be a pitcher, a torch, and a trumpet. I mean, I'm thinking missile. I'm thinking ARK-15s. Is that what they're called, George? What are they called, George? AR, thank you, AR-15. I mean, I, I'm thinking Scud missile. But God says, I want you to do something crazy. I want you to take a pitcher, I want you to take a torch, and I want you to take a trumpet, and I'm going to show you that with 300 men, I can use these crazy weapons to defeat your enemy. How many has ever had God ask something of you that was crazy? One person. Thank you. God has a way of coming up with some crazy ideas. And usually, when it's a crazy idea, it's right on the money. It's right on target. 
Can I tell you something? The Midianites that you're faced with today are going to be defeated not by your logic and your reasoning. They're going to be defeated by crazy faith. Are you willing with only 300 people to take a torch, a pitcher, and a trumpet and obey God? And if you are, God will turn crazy ideas into miracles. A couple years ago, I took a, I took a team of about 25 young adults. We went down to Quito, Ecuador. It was going to be a, supposed to be a mission trip, and we went down with this pastor who was, who was down there. We got there, and uh, it was quite an experience to see what was going on in Quito. This pastor was struggling. He was filled with doubt. He was filled with unbelief. We showed up the first night for a church service, and there was only about 25 people that showed up to the church service. And you could tell immediately this guy had given up. He was defeated. You talk about the Midianites. He was surrounded, and he was just going through the motions, no life, no energy. And here I am coming down with 25 kids from Orlando, Florida, to Quito, Ecuador, on a missions trip. We were filled with faith, and the first night we were like, oh, Dude, this is terrible. This is bad. This is not good. And I was like starting to panic. I'm like, you mean I brought all these kids down here to Quito, Ecuador for this? And after the service, I talked with the pastor. And, and you could just tell he was more defeated than ever. And I said, you know what? We're going we're gonna to do something crazy tomorrow morning. And I said, I don't know what to do, but God's going to give us a plan. He's going to give us an idea, and we're going to do something crazy. And so the next morning, I woke up, and I thought, you know what? Instead of believing that people are going to come to the church, we're going to take the church to where they are. And I said, let's all get together. I said, Pastor, we're going to go down to the town square, and we're going to buy 100-pound bags of rice, and we're going to buy little uh, plastic bags, and we're going to give away rice to people in the town square. And he looked at me like I was nuts. When God asks you to do something crazy, you're usually right on track. So we went down to the town square. I had a couple hundred dollars. I bought, I bought three or four hundred-pound bags of rice at the county store. I went next door, got some plastic bags, and we set up in the town square, and we started to scoop the bags of rice into bags. And the only uh, uh, prerequisite for getting a bag of rice was we had to pray for you. Can I tell you, within minutes, there was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people standing in line, and the pastor that was there, his eyes got about this big around. We were laying hands on people. We were prophesying over them. We were praying for the sick. We were preaching the gospel, and there was hundreds and hundreds of people that received Christ and received ministry because we were willing to do something crazy. If God gives you a trumpet, if God gives you a pitcher, if God gives you a torch, as crazy as that is, that is all you need with the power of God. Can I get an amen? amen. And so Gideon and his men surrounded the Midianites. The Bible says they circled them, they encamped around them, and they smashed the pitchers, they blew the trumpets, they lifted up the torch, and the Bible says that the Midianites 
turned on themselves, fleed and ran, and Gideon was victorious because he was willing to do something crazy with only 300 men. I want to encourage you today. God's going to expect you to step out in faith. God's going to expect you to be bold. God's going to expect you to do something crazy. And usually the crazier the idea is, the more God's behind it. Ask David with five stones how crazy that was to face Goliath. What about the little boy with a couple fishes and a couple loaves of bread was able to feed 5,000 people? God has a way of taking crazy ideas and turning them around for his glory. And your victory over the Midianites is not going to be in your own power, your own strength, your own ability. It's going to be you stepping out in faith and living a life of boldness. You're going to be victorious with a pitcher and a trumpet and a torch. And guess what? God is going to get the glory. Can I get an amen? Stand up across the auditorium. Bruce, if you go to the keyboard. The key to Gideon's boldness, watch this, was he got a word from God. And it's found here in verse 15 of Judges chapter 7. Gideon heard about the dream and its interpretation. He bowed down and worshiped. And he returned to the camp of Israel and called them out, get up. The Lord has given the Midianites into your hands. See, when you get a word from God, that will give you all the boldness you need to do something crazy. When you get a word from God, suddenly doubt, unbelief, insecurity is replaced with faith. And you don't care how many people are with you. All you need is 300. You don't care what kind of weapon you're using. God, just give me a pitcher, just give me a trumpet, and give me a torch. That's all I need. The key is that Gideon received a word from the Lord. And whatever's going on in your life, in your heart, in your family, with your business, whatever's going on, when you get a word, that's going to be all you need to step out and live a life of boldness. And I want to pray for you today that you will simply, watch this, this is God's word to us today. This is the word of the living God. It's quick and it's powerful and it's sharp. I like that word sharp. That means it, it cuts through unbelief. It cuts through doubt. It cuts through insecurity. Gideon got that word and for the first time in his life he said, I am a mighty warrior. God, I, God, I'm going to start believing what you say about me. I remember in, in, in chapter 6 you said I'm a mighty warrior, but I got a word now, and I believe now that I'm a mighty warrior, and I'm going to do whatever you've asked me to do, even if it's crazy. Give me a pitcher, give me a torch, give me a trumpet. I've got a word from God, and I'm going to fight by faith. And he was able to cut down. He was able to strike down the opposition that he was faced with. It's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. 
And I declare over you today, those of you that are watching by the internet, those of you that are here worshiping today, I declare today, mighty warrior, that you have all that you need to strike down and to cut down every opposition. Pick up your pitcher. Pick up your trumpet. Pick up your torch. But your most valuable weapon is the word of God that speaks life into you and faith into you and you're able to face every opposition and you'll be able to cut them down in Jesus' name. Mighty warrior. Mighty warrior. Doubt leaves, insecurity leaves, fear leaves, and is replaced with full-on faith cut down everything that's opposing you and bringing strife in your life. Bruce was saying, Lord, I believe, just for a moment. And let's just, as we end today's service, let's, Lisa, if you'll come up and help us, let's believe and ask God to give us a word today. Let's be bold enough to take a picture, to take a torch, to take a trumpet, and to fight in an unorthodox way, in a unique way. It's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. God wants to equip you today with faith and boldness and courage to do what is seemingly impossible. Lord, I believe. I want to believe today. How many of you want to believe today for, for, for victory? It's possible because of the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, let's sing this.